Hey, thanks for listening to What We Watched on Date Night. In this week's episode, some light spoilers for WandaVision at the very beginning of the pod as we talk about the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness trailer and Boba Fett spoilers. I know Boba Fett's been over for a few weeks, late to the game in editing and getting this online, but spoilers for the Book of Boba Fett, The Mandalorian, and a lot of Star Wars content. So proceed with caution. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Before I jump into Book of Boba Fett. Yes. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The second trailer released. It was it was amazing. It was crazy. But I have a question for you as someone who's become a big Wanda fan. Ah, uh-huh. How do you feel about the next stage and evolution of her grief and trauma making her the villain? What we assume will make her the villain. I was going to say, you're, you're assuming... You're assuming she's going to be the villain. I'm assuming based off a long, complicated comic book history in which she killed all the Avengers and got rid of all mutants. <laughs> I have a lot of feel. I have very mixed feelings about it mm-hmm. because it's not ever really okay to be a villain. In terms of like, it's mm-hmm. not ever okay to hurt people. But at the same time, her line in the trailer resonates with me yeah i feel like i have to caveat it a lot because i that's what i do but her line that says when i break the rules and you break the rules you're the hero when i break the rules i'm the bad guy exactly and i don't think that's fair yeah and so i think that no matter if she is a hero, an anti-hero, or a villain, she will continue to be that very complicated character. It's sort of like all of these backstories that we're seeing for villains now, right? It's just like in real life. When you understand what someone has been through that makes them what they are, it is a lot easier to give them grace. You may still not want to be around them. They may still be toxic. You still may not have a relationship with them. But you can better understand the pain that put them where they are and have a little bit more grace. And that's how I feel about Wanda. Right? Like, I think she will be this complicated, tortured character. Just as now, right? I Do I love Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty? No. Do I adore Maleficent? Do I very much love her as a character from the new movies with Angelina Jolie in that character, 100%. She's probably my favorite villain because of those movies. Because it shows her, quote unquote, humanity, just not a human, Mm -hmm. but you understand what I'm saying. Like It shows that more complex, complicated side. And I think no matter how much of a villain Wanda ends up being, She's going to have a reason enough to be in that place that's going to make it really hard for you to just hate her. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. Like it's not like watching Kingpin. Like there's nothing to make me feel bad for Kingpin. Yeah. Or Kang. But I certainly have reason to feel bad for Wanda enough to recognize it's complicated can can could be a little complicated when we get there too but yeah if like marvel has largely a villain's problem in which their villains are mostly in it for power right yellow jackets in it for power uh obadiah stain just is in it for power to beat tony stark you get to kill longer in black panther though and it's like he's kind of got a point to chaka killed his father and then orphaned this little boy and abandoned him <laughs> like but he's still in it for power as a sense of revenge he is but he's it's still not compelling. as likable to me he's does not compel me again it's probably my baggage misogynistic men always using power using others to become more powerful and that's exactly what i see him doing there i don't see wanda doing that 
But maybe that's because she's a woman and I give her more benefit of the doubt than I'm ever willing to what give about, a man. What about the Flag Smashers from Falcon and Winter Soldier? Underdeveloped in their story and gusto, but you get the point that they're... Right, because they were led by a woman. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm not saying that's fair of me to feel that way, but... Had the Flag Smashers been led by one of those guys who worked with her, I can't honestly, like with conviction, tell you how I would have felt about them. Yeah. And if it would have been different. Yeah. I mean, I think Multiverse of Madness has been the movie I've been most excited about in this phase of the MCU after WandaVision came out, which left us with Wanda as as the villain of that show, like in a lot of ways, like multiple layers of villainry mm-hmm. in there. Mm-hmm. But she leaves, she's not the hero. She's not the good guy when WandaVision ends. She tortured and kidnapped all these people and just kind of floats away and then she turned to evil magic. And so I've been waiting to see how her, where her story goes and how it continues. And so I'm very uh, excited. on date night i'm brian i'm amanda all right book boba fett is uh people have thoughts on the book of boba fett i've listened to a lot of thoughts um i love star wars but man the starwood star wars fandom is (sighs) one that is prone to discontent Mm mm-hmm yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the way to say it. Yeah. We sure are. Um Let's get your overall impressions. What what did you think of Book of Boba Fett as a whole? This is another one where I'm gonna say I have mixed feelings. Mm-hmm. I do find myself wanting to defend it though to the haters and the naysayers. Um and we can get into why that is and, and the things that I think worked about things that others complained about. I enjoyed... I didn't... I'm relatively new to Star Wars as as a fandom, right? Yes. Like, I watched the movies when I was younger. I think my very first Star Wars movie, I think I watched when I was three and had nightmares from it. So, I... You know, I I saw the movies a long time ago, but I didn't really get into them to the level I am now until very recently. Mm. So I didn't grow up as a kid wondering about Boba Fett, playing with an action figure of Boba Fett. That wasn't, that wasn't me. But I still really enjoy seeing this explanation of this very unexplained character throughout the life of I think that's just a fun a fun thing to give the fans right like you could have told the story of Boba Fett you could have told so many things that happened in the story of Boba Fett Mm -hmm. without diving into Boba but I think it's a really nice thing to be able to see this backstory that everybody's been desiring for so long. I think that's a cool thing to do. I, I love, we, we love the Mandalorian. I, I think that it's really great. Just the consistency of style and storytelling that is happening throughout the star Wars products or whatever it is you know those the shows the star wars tv shows are consistent and it's the same thing that we talked about with the marvel stuff it's really 
<laughs> long format movie making in a lot of ways. Yeah. And and I I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Maybe that's where I should have started. Yeah. So I I don't know if you know this about me, but I love Star Wars. What? Um No. I'm uh, What? I'm wearing a Mandalorian <laughs> t shirt right now. Yes, you uh, are. <laughs> so so but I didn't I didn't have any great love or affinity for Boba Fett either. Yeah. Like Yeah, he looks cool, but I didn't care. When the prequels came out, I didn't need to meet his dad or baby Boba. I didn't need any of that. Like that backstory didn't compel me anymore. Um it's more compelling in the wake of Clone Wars and right. all that we know about the clones right. and the Bad Batch. And, I agree. Um That's where I think that's where it gets me. That Clone Wars is, and I haven't even watched all of Clone Wars. Clone Wars is what gets me caring about Boba Fett. You're right. Right. But even then, the Boba-centric episodes in Clone Wars are nowhere near my top or the favorite or that interesting. They don't, like, move me. And I said, after the first episode, I was like, okay, that was fine. I remember saying, that was fine. I'm in... I'm in for this because I'm interested in what mm-hmm. they're doing mm-hmm. and I'm sure it will all come together and be great. But that first episode was fine. And then I love this. I love the series from then on even episode four, which I think generally everybody thought was the worst episode, which was the Fennec Shan backstory, how she meets Boba and them all that. Like everybody thought that episode was slow and sucked. And I thought that episode was great and mm-hmm. compelling and super interesting. So I thought the series as a whole worked. And then you get five and six with the, all the Mando Grogu mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, it's awesome. But I, that is, I think, where people are getting lost in this series. Because they're like, the best thing about Boba Fett was when Boba Fett wasn't in it. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we have talked at length about the naming of the show. And the insertion of the Mandalorian into Boba Fett and how it was branded. When that teaser dropped at the end of Mandalorian season two, you were like, well, that's just going to be season three of Mandalorian. Like you were like, we're done with Grogu and then season three Mandalorian is book of Boba Fett. That's basically what we got. They should have branded it that way. Yeah. Like as a chapter. Right. Or right. the next, it's, the it's next a chapter book in, in the story. series, right. right? The Mandalorian, the book of Boba Fett. Like, that would have been fine. Season four would have been the Mandalorian you know, battle for Mandalore. Or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> Let's just make assumptions that they're going to fight for Mandalore. I Basically. Think I think it's pretty safe assumption. to assume. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. What, what, your, what are your thoughts on the Mandalorian insertion into the book of Boba Fett, especially five, which was just straight up a Mandalorian episode. And then especially six, that was so Grogu centric. In the midst of those two episodes, I felt really bad for Boba Fett. As much as I was eating it up and loved every minute of those episodes, I did start to think, this feels unfair to Boba. Where is Boba? There should be more tie-in with Boba. I mean, don't cut any Mando and don't cut any Grogu because I love those things and let me see more. <laughs> However, I just feel really bad for Boba. Like we just kind of, somebody stole the stage, right? Mm-hmm. But what I said in the last episode, in the, in the finale, I think I might have made you pause it so I could say... <laughs> This is why that had to happen because you would not, it would, that, that whole resolution and everything that then brought Boba to this place of being, you know, it was him fighting for the people that brought him to a place of respect, which is where he wanted to end up from the beginning. That battle would not have happened that storyline, that whole wonderful, in my mind, resolution would not have happened without the Mandalorian. It wouldn't have happened if you didn't have a way to tie in the people of Freetown. 
and all the backstory that came from Mandalorian with them, that would have been a huge piece that would have been missing. So you had to have those two episodes. Because if you were going to tell the story of why in the world Grogu is back with Mando. Sorry, I call him Mando instead of Din. But it's fine. that's just, yeah. Because you say his real name and I'm like, what? Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> you wouldn't have ever had the opportunity. It would have been hard to tell that story later and separately. There was, I in my mind, there's no abbreviated version of what happened in episodes five and six that gets you enough story to get to the battle scene, but also gives you the ability in the actual Mandalorian season three to come back and tell all that heartfelt, like your heart about when Grogu's on that rickshaw, you care, not just because it's Grogu, but because of everything you just watched in those last two episodes. The stakes are high. You get that the stakes are high. You understand what's going on. You understand the emotional journey and battle that's happened in those two episodes for the two of them that makes that work. And I just think that the payoff of that the finale was worth the interlude mm-hmm. because you wouldn't have gotten the finale without it. Yeah. So uh, when it wrapped all together, for me, it all made sense. It was <laughs> stealing the stage from Boba felt forgivable because of the payoff at the end. And that payoff was to Boba's benefit as well. I think we all have Grogu colored glasses on. And and why wouldn't we? Everything he does <laughs> is the cutest thing you've ever seen. And, and that's just the way. Unless the you look at Yoda for too long and start having them like actually look alike <laughs> in your brain. Well, and then it completely it. starts to ruin Grogu, which is why I kind of can't look at Yoda uh, yeah. a lot anymore. Because yeah. I just need Grogu to stay cute. Yeah. You don't want to think about <laughs> Grogu in 500 years. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't want to think about old Grogu because it's Yoda and it's uh, kind of creepy. Yeah, it's not great. So Because like season one of The Mandalorian was was great, but there are episodes in there where you're like, why... Like that, the second episode of Mandalorian, he fights the, the I don't remember the whatever big monster he fought, and he had to get the egg for the, uh, for the Tuscan Raiders, um, or for the no, Jawas. For the Jawas, it was the Jawas. Um, yeah, like you're like okay, like this this is not great. Even by the time we get to season two of Mandalorian. That second episode where he's on his mission with Frog Lady, I'm like, get to the actual action, like, take Grogu to go see some Jedi, Mm. right? Like, I remember watching that episode and being like, this is pointless. Why do we need this episode? Why, why do we have to go on this side quest where you fight giant spiders? You can just skip to delivering her and we get to Bo-Katan quicker and have something more interesting. And even after that, Grogu gets captured and then he's gone for a whole episode and we have to go on a side quest. And and so much of Mandalorian is mission of the week, as Bad Batch was, as Clone Wars and Rebels are, right? It's an overarching story, but it's all still this contained, like, this is the one thing happening this week mm. that you're watching. And it's not always this thrust forward. Boba Fett really tried to tell more of a comprehensive story mm. um, that didn't have that like here is the action here is the thing that Boba Fett has to deal with this week it was here is what gets Boba to this point successfully or unsuccessfully here's what gets him to want to be in charge of Tatooine I don't know that I see a big difference though between Boba's weekly experiences that moved him forward towards that versus Mando's weekly experiences that still kept him moving forward on his journey. I don't feel like I don't I don't think I would say that the Mandalorian was episodic. And that's what I think I'm hearing you say. I think it was more episodic than Book of Boba Fett. Huh. I don't know that I would have said that, but I also never would have said there was an episode of The Mandalorian that I didn't enjoy. And not enjoy is maybe a stretch, but felt like 
was not necessary or was not moving the story along in the yeah, moment. I don't, I don't think I would have said that. Now, when we rewatched season one of The Mandalorian before season two, it was like every episode, because I knew the whole picture, you're just like, yeah, let's go. Every episode of this is awesome. Um, well, that's that's the thing, right? And that's that's kind of what I'm getting at, I think, with The Book of Boba Fett. It's you know the end game. And, and the hard part is we are watching shows made by chess players if you will right like Dave Filoni John Favreau know where they're going they know this big story and like we've said I think that the Mandalorian and Ahsoka and Book of Boba Fett are all tying together to make this this bigger story and they aren't one-offs and they aren't standalone. And you, if you don't back up and give a little faith to the big picture story that is being crafted and you focus too much on this little individual thread, that thread can look really boring until you back out and see the masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think they're, my mixed metaphors there there are two things i want to touch on um one i wonder if star wars is reaching a marvel problem where everything has to be one up and greater than the thing before it right like Mm -hmm. it's like if this marvel movie isn't endgame then it's it's a failure and it's like well not everything can be end game you have to build the end game you have to bring it back up like falcon and winter soldier was never gonna be end game level it's way back down to street level same with hawkeye i wonder if star wars is reaching that problem where mandalorian was so like great and up here next level and people are like oh this can't fail and then the next thing you go out you go well this isn't that level or that awesome it's all interconnected because it had Mandalorian and I think everybody agrees those two episodes were just like phenomenal and kick ass and like they were just Star good Wars Star fans, Wars like, they were just yeah. good Star Wars like yeah. forget what you expected them to be forget what you thought they should have been before you went into it they were just enjoyable mm-hmm. Star Wars but I think Star Wars I would argue has always had that problem and this goes back to the consistently discontent fandom it's so interesting to me to because as much as i love star wars i don't know that i would say i'm part of the fandom like Mm -hmm. i don't think i am in that deep i haven't earned that title and i say that respectfully but i still hear so much about like well the people who make star wars whoever it is at any given moment well they're darned if they do and they're darned if they don't like it's never good enough you should have done it this way Right, so in some ways, I think they've always suffered from that problem. But now, to your point, it's almost like there are a lot of parallels between what's happening in Star Wars and what's happening in Marvel, right? In mm-hmm. terms of the caliber of production, in terms of the way that the the universe or the multiverse or the galaxies, which I right, like are created and tied together and and they're lacing things together and they've got this end game figuratively and literally it's like you've got all of the old challenges <laughs> and then you've also are adding this continual one up that you're talking about in production and in storytelling and to sit back and realize how much they're answering that call is actually pretty impressive yeah yeah my other thing is 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 star wars getting too canony for you i mean you're watching other videos to enhance your experience and you're watching everything with me so some of that is i can explain along the way but is it too much like i don't know if if you had no idea if you had not watched the Bad Batch and seen mm. Cad Bane, if you had no experience with Cad Bane, would you have been like, who is this guy and why does he matter? Or would you have been like, well, that's super cool. 
mean, it's always hard to say what if, right? If right. I didn't have this context, what would I think? I, it's just like every, again, I'm going to tie it back to Marvel, right? But it's just like every Marvel show that we watched and talked about before. I am glad I'm watching these extracurricular things that explain the Easter eggs because it enriches my experience. But I, and the same goes with Star Wars, but I am not sure that I think it wouldn't be enjoyable without them. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have to understand the intricacies of all of the people's backstories to enjoy what's happening in the show. Knowing what I know, I'm thankful I know it because, man, I feel like it would be way less of an experience. Right. But I don't think I would be... I don't think it's done in a way that makes you confused or makes you check out because you are confused and don't care. Especially because you think about... The things they draw on stylistically, the things that Star Wars has always drawn on stylistically, the spaghetti westerns, mm-hmm. the you know all of the different movie genres that it plays off of cad bane for in this example right like if you just kind even if you've never watched those westerns you get oh based on his stance based on the way he talks based on the clothes he's wearing i get that he's a bad guy gunslinger Mm -hmm. and these guys need to watch out and he's working for the bad guys and he's gonna try to do what he can to keep the spice running like that's all you really need to know about cad bane to get what's happening in that scene and in that piece of the storyline yeah now but i'm certainly glad i know more right right like i i'm i'm glad i have pieces to tie together to make it more rich right that there's a history there between boba and cad bane and how what makes seeing Ahsoka and Luke together so special, why that matters, the importance of Bo-Katan. Like, you know, for a long time we had the original trilogies and that was it. Those were what I watched, those were Star Wars. And then the prequels came out and we were so excited (laughs) for new Star Wars and then they came out and we were not excited. Um, (laughs) But my brother, who's 10 years younger than me, those those are his Star Wars. That's his on-ramp. And, like, he loves those films in varying degrees. And that's, like, that's great. He loves Clone Wars, too, because he was young enough to appreciate that on TV at that time when the Clone Wars came out, where I was older and just, like, that that's kitty Star Wars. I'm not watching that. And it's very much not a child show. No. <laughs> um, no. But But it ties you in. And so, like... Why do I care about anything that happens in the prequels? Because of Clone Wars. Uh, and then, then they give you Rebels, which is like, hey, what happened between the trilogies? And then you on-ramp with this new trilogy, and like your Star Wars fandom, that is not where you saw Star Wars, but you became a Star Wars fan because of Rey. It's, it really starts with Rey, I think. Well, the you. interesting thing I was about to say, right, I have these mixed feelings about the prequels. I was in college when the prequels came out. I remember one of my good friends giving me, I think it was an, uh, a toy X-Wing for my 21st birthday because I was, he was very much into Star Wars. And right, like, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. We had this whole fandom, like, fan, basically like a short story fan fiction written around all the people in our friend group at the time. There was this whole thing. And so there was a... That's where I would say the resurgence of my interest in Star Wars happened. Or the initial interest was because of my friends. And it came with those prequels. So I really liked those movies. And then I got older. And I... Everybody kept telling me that I should think those movies were horrible. And so I think I distanced myself from them. Because I cared too much about what people thought. 
and I grew up a little and I watched them with a little bit different perspective and they weren't as great as I thought they were or I didn't see them in the same light right but you're right like if I have a a real affinity mm-hmm. to Star Wars it starts with the sequels yeah. it starts with the the most recent trilogy those are the ones that I feel are the best right they're the ones I they're the ones I enjoy watching the most right but they're not I just want to be fair like I I have to give a little credit to the prequels because that is the first I mean I was in college so technically I guess I was an adult I certainly didn't act like an adult at the time but those were the first movies in adulthood that were Star Wars that I enjoyed yeah right so yeah I have an interesting like piece of my life tied to each piece of Star Wars yeah Yeah. but I I think like your affinity for Rey and Grogu and this Disney era of Star Wars is like galaxy's edge like that is Mm -hmm. your like thrust for why you care about a long time ago in a galaxy far away is those characters more than it is like luke skywalker and princess leia and like padme right like you know like i don't know if it's the characters or if it's this point in my life i am I don't want to, like, shortchange them. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. But as I think about this, this is the first time in my life I've been serious fandom of any kind. Like, I've loved TV shows mm-hmm. before, but, like, this is the first time I've really understood a franchise and seen it from a bigger perspective. And I think it's because of our shared appreciation for Disney which has led to Mar- right and like having between the two of us enjoyment of those things discussion of those things I am mm-hmm. a, a bigger fan in general in this phase of my life than I ever have been so I think that plays into it but I want to know what your thoughts are the other very controversial piece of Boba Fett is not just the inclusion of Mando and the diversion to Mandalorian. But it is the nature of the flashbacks in the episodes and the mixing of the current diving into a flashback that lasts the majority of the episode and then a little bit back in the current timeline. What I, are what are your feelings and thoughts about that? I thought they were great. I didn't I didn't care for them the first episode because they didn't like when he escapes the Sarlacc pit, that was awesome and his armor getting stripped. Um, but I, I... So, like, the first episode, like I said, I was kind of like, whatever, on the first episode. But after that, I thought they were great. The train heist was amazing. It was phenomenal. The 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 cocaine bug going up his nose and him, like, tripping out. <laughs> Not cocaine. The acid bug or whatever. So he, like, trips out and has visions and has to go get his stick from the tree. Like, all that was super cool. Um, I thought it worked. And, like, I I just don't think it would have worked because we know he's on Boba... Or on Jabba's throne already. It wouldn't have worked to just be like, we're going back and we're going to give you all the backstory in two episodes and then have everything be current day. I think the flashbacks worked because you wanted to tell that story, but we already know where he is now. So having it go back and forth worked for me it's i think it worked for me i do or it did it did work for me i i hear the frustration from people who didn't like it and i can understand it a little bit but i really i really enjoyed it i think my one adjustment that i would have made some of the episodes felt like they were almost entirely flashback Mm -hmm. and they didn't tie enough action in the current timeline it's like they threw some in there just because they were like oh crap that's right we've used all our time on a flashback but we're supposed to be doing current then flashback then current 
oops, we're running out of time. Let's throw a little something in there. There was at least one episode, maybe more, that felt like that. And I think I wish... I would have even been okay with them going in and out of flashbacks, maybe one or two more rounds within an episode, right? Instead of just like current day is the intro, then it's all flashback. Then here's how you're going to see things next week, (laughs) right? Like it, I would have been okay if there was a little bit more back and forth within the episode without being too jolting. I could see that. Like, the thing I didn't like, like, they did all this work with, like, the Tuscans, and then they just get slaughtered, and they never come back, and they're all dead. And it's like, okay, like, it's it's that whole thing of, you know, Green Goblin has to throw Mary Jane off the building so Spider-Man can jump into action. Like, we're, we're going to use these people to spur our hero onward, and their deaths will be meaningful to our hero, like... That always sucks. Um, so, that I didn't like, because you would have liked to see, like, yeah, the Tuscans come in and help Boba, mm. and, and they're still around. Or, like, it's not just this, like, okay, now he needs to go get his armor and be Boba Fett because the Tuscans are dead. Like, you know, that, that I didn't love. But, overall, I, th- I thought it was all great. Yeah, and I I understand. I understand that. But I... It's back to that... Humanizing the villain. And I think there was a little bit of that with the Tusken Raiders in Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Right? You saw him interacting with them in a way that spoke of potential respects between them and others. And, okay, maybe they're not all we think they are. Right, maybe they're not all evil and mm-hmm. horrible animals like Luke said they were, or like Anakin said they were. And then you get that in spades with mm-hmm. Boba Fett, right? That okay, there is this they're just misunderstood. Right? That's that's the whole thing of like humanizing the villains. It's they're not really evil, they're just misunderstood. And I, but I, you know, that's that's why you hate to see them go because now you care about the Tuscan Raiders, right? Would you think from any of the original movies that you would ever be in a place where you were like, I don't love that they just killed off all the Tuscans? I mean, when Anakin slaughtered them all, it was like, dude, but that. <laughs> but yes, but that also had a little bit more to do with him and his. Sure. The brutality mm-hmm. of his revenge yes. more so than because you cared about them. Sure. It was like, yeah. you you cared, not as, not to speak poorly of any animals, but like, you cared and you hated to see that happen to them the same as you would any living being. Yes. you Just like you don't like to see horses die in a movie or somebody hurt a dog, right? It's a living thing don't be brutal and hard on them as opposed to this, which is dang it. I liked them. I was connected to them. I cared about them specifically, not just because they're a living thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it was different, or at least for me, it was very different to watch, to see what had happened to them here compared to what Anakin did. That was just, he's being evil and brutal. Yeah. Do you have a favorite character? Or cameo or Easter egg from this season. Oh God, that's like three categories. <laughs> All in one. Yeah. Maybe I'll cheat a little bit. With the little bit that I've watched of Clone Wars. And with how much I enjoy Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. I loved seeing more and more of those animated only characters brought to live action. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I love seeing Ahsoka. I... It was awesome. As much as I don't love his character, it was awesome to see Cad Bane in live action. Like, to see how they translated that so convincingly. So convincingly. I I appreciated that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Seeing Ahsoka again was a surprise and 
was amazing. I said to my brother, like, I don't care. To, I don't care if we see live action Cad Bane. And then he came on screen and it was like, oh my God, he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that looks okay, amazing. I take it back. Yeah, it really right, is right. awesome. It really is awesome. But I mean, when, when Black Kirstan came on the screen and it was like, because I'd read the comics and had seen him in the comics and it's like, oh my gosh, they could, they're pulling in from the comics. It was, mm. it was amazing. It's, that was cool. I also like the, the reference to Freetown because I read the Aftermath novels and that's where Cobb Vanth comes from and it's Freetown in those novels. And so mm. to change it and reference back to the novels again was, was a nice little Easter egg thing if you're like really into the deep end of the books and comics and things. <laughs> if you're really in it. <laughs> like I am. All right, here's the big question. Are we getting season two of Book of Boba Fett? Haven't they already said we are? No, I don't no? think so. I think there's been some hints of that, but I think it's been unconfirmed. <sighs> it That's, oh, that's hard. Because part of you, okay, this is going to sound harsh. Because I just said that I liked that Mandalorian mm-hmm. was laced in there, and I thought it made the story work. But I also have to be pragmatic to say they didn't have enough about Boba to make an entire seven episodes just about Boba. What the heck are they going to do with another another season? Like, what... They couldn't tell a whole story about Boba in the first place. What do they have left over to still tell? And I... That sounds harsh. But I also don't want to see them... I don't know if they would do it. Because I don't know that the reactions to Boba Fett have been as great as they probably wanted. Because of all of the stuff we've talked about. And I also wouldn't want them to force it. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I don't want... There are some things that they have a natural end. And if you try for all kinds of business reasons to force it to stretch, it just falls flat. It ruins, right? You just stop while you're ahead. And and I am a little concerned that that would be the case for Boba Fett. I love him as a character. I want to see him in this sort of universe that is created, right? I want Boba in Mandalorian. I want Boba in Ahsoka. I want them to continue cross-pollinating. I don't want to be done seeing Boba and Fennec Shan. That is not what I'm saying at all. I just wonder if there's enough material to make a second season of Boba Fett. I think it's so open-ended. They left it so open-ended with, like, Boba being like, yeah, we're not we're not cut out to rule and... and sit on Jabba's throne. Yeah, we kind of knew that. Like, also, you should have thought about that a long time ago. You should You're a little late for that, dude. A little late for that. You you bit this off, now you gotta chew it. Like... So it's like... What, what would they do with season two? Mm-hmm. I, I think because they left it with this open-ended like, if not us, who? Then it plays to Mando's music. But then you get the post credit scene with Cobb Vanth in the back of the tank about to get a surgical arm put in so he'll be the fastest draw of the West. And and I don't think Cad Bane's dead. Um, like, I think there's enough there. I'd, I, I don't think John Favreau went to Kathleen Kennedy and the head of Disney Plus with this idea. After the success of The Mandalorian... He laid out this whole table, him and Filoni, and said, this is what we're doing. It's like, the things we would have loved, to, we would have loved to see live-action Omega, but you can't get us live-action Omega because they're giving us season two of Bad Batch later this year, and, like, if we know she shows up in live-action, then there's, like, okay, we know she lives. And yeah. I think there's enough drama in, like, That's what fair. could happen with the Bad Batch. What could happen in Mandalorian that Boba Fett comes into? What could happen in Ahsoka, like... I, I just think those guys have a plan, and I don't think some dudes on the internet being like, oh, we didn't care for this as much as we like Mandalorian. I don't think people were all gung-ho on Mandalorian at first as well. I think if you went back, you, people would probably be like, this is cool, and then it waned. And, like, so I think 
you'd probably have some hit or miss there as well. Yeah. So I think I think there's a plan and I think they have as much runway as they need and I I I think we're going to get a season 2. Well, whether they caught the book of Boba Fett or whether they just integrate these characters into some Tatooine centric story that encompasses all of Tatooine or it's Boba Fett but now he's sending Cobb Vanth out to go kill other crime lords elsewhere to just I don't know like well right like or if the to the point of if not us who maybe he's the who right right he, he's maybe he does for the rest of Tatooine what he's done for Freetown I mean could he be a new republic marshal and Cobb Vanth is actually just Rangers of the New Republic they kick off Cara Dune and it just becomes uh-huh. Cobb Vanth's show and yeah. he's now a ranger on Tatooine like they were hanging out there pulling over Mandalorian for speeding <laughs> right like that's that's a good point that they could but it's interesting because even in what we're contemplating right most of this has Boba Fett playing a bit of a backseat character which is interesting when you think about it because he's always been that character right you he's just... always been a little bit of the stagehand and not the actor in the show, right? Like he's he's the behind the scenes guy. He's the he's not necessarily the flashy one out front. Doesn't make him any less interesting as a character, but it's just he kind of has this. I'm okay to wait in the wings. Humility about him as a character, right? It's the same. It's a similar thing to why he didn't come in on the on the litter on the litter right like that's a little like he wanted to be respected and not feared right there was that he wanted to be of the people but I think that speaks to that sort of unsung hero unsung behind the scenes not flashy that's just more of who he is and so in some ways if you think about it that way it's like kind of inevitable that somebody else takes the front seat in his show like make it book a tattooing one week we're with boba doing his thing the next week fennec shan goes and kills a bunch of people the next week it's the mods mopedding around tattooing doing some crazy stuff like right right just like everybody gets their own episode to shine i think i think there's gonna be a season two i, ju- I just do I, I don't. Think, I don't think it's going to be that episodic. I, I, I don't to, either. I wouldn't want to see it that episodic. I would be okay that's, with that. That's that's too much of a vignette, and that's not really how they play this. Uh-huh. And how can you go wrong when you end it with an adorable Grogu with his little with his little <laughs> round knob tap 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 asking to go fast because he wants to go fast. Yeah. I mean, come on. <clears throat> No. And yes, I'm going to bring it back to the Mandalorian and Grogu because Grogu's way more adorable than any of the other characters. And my one wish, I, I think you hit on it. My one wish is if there's another season, I do hope that we see a live action Omega. Yeah. A lot. Like, find some way to work that in. Somewhere. Somewhere. That would be cool. That would be very cool. So, a Book of Boba Fett was great look episode five and six were some of the best star wars content we've ever seen um the end (laughs) okay okay hold on hold the phone we're about to end this podcast and we have not once mentioned that he rode a rancor i mean that was that was very cool yeah that was very cool it was just like come on how how are you a Star Wars fan and not like giddy jumping out of your seat giddy to see Boba Fett riding a Rancor to defeat a droid? That was amazing. Like it's just so Yeah, it was incredible. It almost this is an improper use of this word, but somehow it feels meta, right? Like it just feels like these layer you talk easter eggs and mm-hmm. you talk, right? Like Come on. it and, and that's where I feel like there's so much of what's being done right now 
whether they like it or hate it, (laughs) it feels like so much of this is a love letter to Star Wars fandom. Right? It's Mm -hmm. everything. And and some of this comes from watching all the behind the scenes stuff with, with, with Favreau and Filoni and others. It's everything they wanted as a kid they're getting to make happen. Yeah. Right? And it's like everything as a Star Wars fan as a kid you wanted to see. Like, come on. Riding a rancor. And it's, it's all going somewhere. Like, that's... It's it's heading somewhere. We're heading to Endgame. Like, but you don't get to Endgame without Thor the Dark World. I don't want to say Book of Boba Fett was Thor the Dark World. Which I really like. But people don't. So, but you can't get Endgame without the other one. So. <laughs> and that's that's where they're heading in this TV universe. Or to a film, maybe. Who knows? But that's where this is headed. People just gotta be patient. But I but I would say enjoy the ride, though. Yeah. And, yes. and appreciate the love letter to the fans that so much of this is. Yeah. Like, don't lose that. Yeah. In nitpickiness. Like, there's some serious joy to be had in what's happening in Star Wars TV right, right. now, if you're a fan. Like, if you say you love this thing, just just enjoy it. Like, don't, like, <laughs> people who, like, say they love stuff and then just hate on everything that comes out. It's like... Thanks for listening to what we watched on date night. This has been hosted by Brian and Amanda Patton. Our music is If I Sleep by East Ghost from the album If I Sleep. The show is edited and produced by Brian Patton. Thanks for listening. Next episode will be about seasons one and two of J.J. Abrams' show Alias. That's right, a throwback. Until next time, have a good one. (laughs) 